0: We asked ourselves, can we honestly stand up in front of people and say we're building lasting relationships, if we're short-term price gouging just because we can? It was expensive. I mean, we saw every month when we looked at our financials compared to other people how much it was costing us. But we were trying to be true to who we say we are. Those values and that vision means nothing unless you can stand in front of a mirror and say, hey, this is what I believe in. Not just when it's easy. Yeah, you know, we're going to do it when it's hard too. Change is inedible Like
1: every every success happens because you changed something and you and you. and it was a fear that was within you. Motivation only lasts for a short amount of time, but discipline is what carries you forward. I can't do this on my own, period. Are you looking at your business in terms of emotion or are you looking at your business in terms of
0: what's practical? I still believe that America is the best country in the world. Where can kid of immigrants with no education become a physician?
1: this is small business celebration where we're celebrating small businesses for big breakthroughs welcome to season six here on small business celebration and we got a lot of great things coming up on this episode we're going to be talking about emotional selling we're going to be talking about projections we're going to be talking about a whole variety of exciting things including the visioneer game which is brand new here for season six and our guest this week is Joe Hay, the president of Jim Burke Ford. Welcome to Small Business Celebration. Thanks, Michael. Nice to be here. And for visionaries who don't know who you are, who are you? And was it wasn't that you did?
0: Sure. I'm Joe Hay. I'm president of Jim Burke Ford Lincoln here in Bakersfield, California.
1: This didn't used to always be... Jim Burke Ford. That's right.
0: Yeah. In fact, uh, Jim Burke was my grandfather. Okay. And uh, when the name was changed in the 70s, there was a pretty widespread rumor that this guy from Los Angeles had come to town and bought the Haberfelds out. Right. But the uh, the corporate name of the dealership is still Haberfeld Ford, which traces helps us trace okay. those roots all the way back. The Haberfelds started the store in 1913 George Haberfeld was in the furniture business. Mm. He wanted to buy a car, they were new, and there was a long waiting list, and he said to himself, I gotta get in that business. My grandfather got involved after uh, college. Really? Yeah, he uh, uh, served in the Navy during World War II, finished his degree on the GI program, and like a lot of guys, was looking for work. And uh, Bakersfield was a small town, his dad knew George Haberfeld, and he said, why don't you go see him and ask him for a job? And he did. He started in the parts department, his college degree got him in on management track, right? and he eventually became general manager for the Haberfelds. And then over time, they had some other business interests and he became a partner and eventually he bought the rest of the family out.
1: How did you get involved with this?
0: It's a great question. Yeah, <laughs> you so, ask yourself this every yeah, day. I know, right? <laughs> uh, no, you know, my, uh, um, I was really fortunate to get to know my grandfather well. He was my business hero growing up. I didn't think I wanted to be in the car business though. Wow. I went to college at Notre Dame and I originally was gonna go to law school. Great, my,
1: just what we need. is Another, another lawyer, lawyer, right?
0: a <laughs> uh, good one. Anyway, hopefully. So, uh, but my uh, my dad, one summer, I encouraged me to take a week and go back to some training Ford Motor Company mm-hmm. was doing it in Chicago for children whose parents were in the business, and I found I loved it way more than I expected. I actually got an internship with Ford Motor Company and a job after college, and I worked in Texas for four years. Yeah. And then uh, my dad and I kind of started talking about what it would look like if I came back. So I came back to Bakersfield in 2005 and he said it would take about 15 years to learn how to run one of these things and I thought oh yeah it's no way it's too long <laughs> but he was right it was almost 15 years on the nose Wow! and I had a variety of different positions here in the company and I've been the leader for the last three years.
1: What was the impetus to make you president?
0: You know that's a great question uh it's kind of complicated because not only is this a uh, company with a lot of history it's a family company and right. as you probably know many of your viewers know uh, family companies can be great, but they can be complicated at the right. same time.
1: Family politics. Absolutely, yes. yeah. 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 And
0: I'm not the only family member who's here. I've right. got two great brothers that are also part of the leadership team. And we went through about a three-year process of working through succession planning and how it happened. So prior to taking the leadership role, I'd spent about 10 years as the general manager for our Ford Lincoln store in the Auto Mall. <sighs> it was a great training ground to get a feel for what it is like to run a company, but it's a smaller version of what our larger group is. Right. As we were working through succession planning, that was a big help. Kind of making sure I was prepped and ready for taking over the job as president.
1: First of all, you have two locations. Yeah. You exactly. have one here on Oak where we're at, mm-hmm. and you've got the other one in the auto mall. And for a lot of business owners, their needs are personal vehicles, obviously. But so, it's also, you have a lot of your business here on Oak Street is with the commercial business side of, of the business.
0: Yeah, so you've hit on an interesting point. We have two locations in Bakersfield, but they're very different. Right. Uh, One of the challenges we face, and I'm sure a lot of the uh, listeners on your show run through this same thing, is when you've got two businesses that are 10 miles apart, how do you keep everybody in sync? Right. And it's something we've worked really hard on over the last 10 years to get better at. It involves a lot of communication and a lot of intentionality to try to make sure that the person running one location and the person running the other... Are not getting off track. You know right. that they're, we almost uh, describe it as being a three-legged sack race. Okay. And uh, we have a group of, uh, of senior leaders that work with myself, and uh, every Monday we get together, and for an hour, that's what we talk about: is how to keep the operational part of the business the same. Actually, one of my jobs when I was learning the business was running our commercial sales department. Okay and I, I had the privilege of leading that part of the company for about four years. We've actually sold commercial vehicles from about day two, going back to when right. the Haberfelds were involved in the business. The commercial department has a leader, a current name Sean Underwood, and there's five fleet salespeople that work for him. And they, their experience and their expertise is really talking with business owners about how to take a vehicle and match it to their needs. And that spans the gamut from understanding pickups and towing and commercial applications with service bodies to electrification and how we can help bring some electric pickups into a fleet that's always been run on gas. We also, through Ford, have access to a whole host of telematics software opportunities. Hmm. And and Ford is- What's
1: telematics software?
0: So telematics is the name Ford gives to software that helps you as a business owner manage your fleet. Okay. They've really tried to become innovative and top of the market at fleet management software that allow you to track not only registration and mileage information, but when you need service. Ford has embedded modems in all their vehicles. We can actually connect that modem to the software and know if you have a check engine light on or if there's something that, you know, is off with your car. It'll tell you because it can connect to the car. So, it's pretty amazing stuff. And being able to connect
1: all that stuff to the software it's, and having a modem in the car is sort of like having a modem at home. In some ways. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And this brings us to our first vision your question, which is brought to you by Mike Saba a Zillow premier agent with Watson Realty, selling Bakersfield homes since 1992. Give Mike Sabah a call at 661 203 8406. or Reach him at saba one at iCloud.com. He's been here forever. I mean, it's like, I, I don't know how many homes he's sold. Institution. But yep. He is an institution. Yep, it's, it's... great guy. And our visionary question comes from sure. Javier, who asks, we've grown into a medium-sized business in the last couple of years, but it seems our manage- management team, who has grown with us, isn't very effective in emotional selling to what our business has to offer to our team members. What techniques do you teach?
0: That work. Yeah, Javier, that's one of the biggest challenges we face too. You're not alone. When I first got this job, there was a book I read that uh, really opened my eyes a lot to how to solve that problem and, and dig into it. What it's, book is that? Uh, Simon Sinek's the author, and it's called Start With Why. It's uh, it's it's been around for a number of years, it's not new. In that book, he really clearly articulates a couple of things that are critical. Number one is as the as a leader of any organization, you have to really clearly understand what your why is, if you will, for well, why not just why you get up in the morning, but why your institution is different and has a mission and purpose that sets it apart. Mm. And until you can articulate that, it's really hard to achieve what he's talking about. Right. And then beyond that, once you have a clear sense of who you are and what you want to do, it's mission critical that you assemble a group of people who can help you carry that out. Because right. you can never do it all yourself. Sure. Part and parcel of that is making sure that your leadership team uh, really clearly buys into where you want to go with your business and can help you achieve it They're passionate about it and that passion is what inspires your frontline people mm-hmm. to help carry it through to your clients To
1: understanding your why mm-hmm. and understanding your mission this goes back to when this was Hab- was we felt
0: in many ways it does yeah uh, now I've got a uh, a Personal sense of why that ties into our values, but it also connects back to who we were from the beginning, okay? My grandfather uh, was really a fabulous embodiment of this. He firmly believed that as a business owner, uh, you have not only an obligation to, you know, to do everything you can to be successful and to treat your people and your clients right, but to make this a better community. Right. And that's something that appeals very strongly to me. Uh, I, if you had to ask me what my why is, it's to make things better. I like to take problems and try to solve them. I'd like to help people that have a challenge and get them to a better spot. It ties in really well with what we do every day. You know, our whole mission is transportation.
1: Is that the reason why Haberfeld originally was over on
0: H Street? Let's talk about that for a second. So uh, people might wonder, if you know Baker so well and its history, why? The original Haberfeld or Cape Ford location was on 8th Street by Bakersfield High School, right. and not on Chester where all the other commerce really was sure, back right, in the day. Right. Uh, the reason why was that's where the railroad tracks were. Right. And interestingly enough, uh, when uh, we got going back in 1913, Henry Ford was pumping out as many Model Ts as his factory at the Rouge right. River could make. They were actually shipped by rail, partially assembled. Partially, so not if, fully. Not fully partially. If you were a Ford dealer, you had to have a dealership near the railroad tracks So, you could stop at the siding, drop them off. We pulled them into our shop and then put them together and sold them. Kind of amazing. Right. So, uh, that's the reason why the original dealership was located on the railroad tracks. I wish today we still had that luxury. The trains go (laughs) right by, go down to Southern California, (laughs) drop the cars off, and they come back up by truck. But it is an amazing history. (laughs) It's
1: called efficiency.
0: Yeah, well, it is for somebody. I'm not quite as efficient (laughs) for us anymore. But yeah, it's it's a neat story about why we were located there.
1: Has the storytelling of the history, helped with that, to communicate this is not just something that we plucked out of thin air, this has been something that's been part of our DNA.
0: One of the things that we do, it's not unique to us, but we're proud of it, is twice a year we do a survey with all of our employees. It's a pulse survey, it gives us a chance to see what's on their mind, and we ask about their their feeling about our values, do they feel strongly about them, do they understand them, and we give them a a chance to, to just write in verbatim what's on their mind. A couple years ago, we were looking through some of the survey results, and frankly, uh, Maria Payne, who's our former uh, Vice President of People and I, were looking at it, and, and we both thought that the, the employee responses to our values weren't as strong as they could be. Mm-hmm. And so we decided, every 90 days when someone starts, we'll circle back with them and kind of have a, hey, just to remind you, here's who we are, you know, let's make sure you're set and you're getting all the resources you need. But we have uh, the blessing of many employees who worked with us for decades, right. 25, 35, in some cases, 40 years. Right. And it's been a minute since their first 90 days. I'm sure. So yeah. we decided in 2023 to go through and try to uh, have those meetings again with everybody. We met with small groups of employees over the, several times a month over the course of a year for an hour. Whole purpose, you know, we pulled people off the bench and we paid them for their time. And the whole purpose was to help give them an understanding of who we are as a company, right back to 1913. Right. What our values and vision are. Not just what they are, and not just because they're not just words on a wall, how we use them. Right. So you might remember a couple years ago, as COVID was kind of passing through, and we were dealing with all the challenges in the business community, right. all of a sudden we ran out of cars. If right. you drove by Oak Street, you'd see this big 20 Parking acres line. of empty asphalt. That's right. right. As a consequence, a lot of dealerships across the country were taking advantage of that scarcity to mark prices right. up. and you'd see you know, commodity vehicles, uh, small pickups that we're getting, five, seven, eight thousand dollars over MSRP. We had a decision to make. Do we jump in the pool and swim along with everybody else? And the leadership team and I sat down and we part of our vision is not just the values I shared, but also building lasting relationships with our clients. It's really right. important to us. Right. So the whole business is predicated on. Right. And we asked ourselves, can we honestly stand up in front of people and say we're building lasting relationships if we're short-term price gouging just because we can. And we couldn't look ourselves in the mirror and say yes to that. So we opted not to play that game. And it was expensive. I mean, we saw every month when we looked at our financials compared to other people, how much it was costing us. But we were trying to be true to who we say we are. And we think that's really important. Those values and that vision means nothing unless you can stand in front of a mirror and say, hey, this is what I believe in, not just when it's easy. Yeah, we're gonna do it when it's hard too. And so we told that story to our employees. We talked about how our culture is not something that they just participate in. They have to, in order for it to really come to life, they have to live it too, they have to own it. You know, if you see something that's going great, give that person a high five, but if you see something that's going wrong, it's really your job, not someone else's, to say, hey, that's not right. We'll get the kind of culture that we deserve based on how we, you know, interact. So uh, those meetings were really successful and, and that is what we've tried to do to bring that to life. And that
1: brings us to the Visioneer game. And the Visioneer game is brought to you, Oxley Pest Control. Now, if you've been living here in the San Joaquin Valley, you know we've been getting a ton of rain. And what happens after the rain? We get pools of water, which means Mosquitoes, 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 and protect your home and business from disease-carrying roaches as well as from spiders, earwigs, and mosquitoes by calling the largest locally family-owned pest control business, Oxley Pest Control, at 661-325-2687, or visit them at oxleypest.com, that's O-X-L-E-Y-P-E-S-T.com, today. Are you ready for the game? Ready as I'm going to be. <laughs> For visionaries who aren't familiar with the game, the way that it works is I have an app on my phone that randomly picks words out of thin air. I don't know necessarily what the words are, but more importantly, neither does he. And he has to take that word and somehow apply it to his business. Are you ready? Let's see what you got. All right. Our first word is... Store.
0: Okay. He <laughs> <laughs> thought it was going to be like right. anti-disestablishmentarianism or something fun. <laughs> no, exactly. Uh, Jim Burke Ford is a Ford store in Bakersfield, California. How <laughs> Very <about
1: that>? good. <laughs> 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 okay. Our next word is tough.
0: No, you can't say it. Ford on, Tough. No, 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 you, you cheap. This is easy.
1: No, no, our no, no. Our built Ford Tough. No, you can't use that. You can do something more creative. I than like that.
0: your phone. No, <laughs> uh, you know, I think that in order to uh, in order to persevere in big, in business in California, you have to be tough.
1: Very good. Well done. You're you're knocking these out of the park. It's like I like plane. the other one though. Built Ford Tough <laughs> works every time. And our final word is land.
0: Land. Okay. Um, hmm. hmm. Although uh, Jim Burke is embracing the digital age, we can't get away from the fact that land underscores what we do. We're a dealership, and uh, we have a showroom open to people, 20 acres of land in right. downtown Bakersfield, sure. and that really is the key to what we do every day. To that, you guys are making some big changes. Yeah, we well, need to, and it's kind of the, the crazy thing about what I do every day. Yeah. Um, our business is going through a lot more change in the next couple of years than we've seen probably the last 20 or 30. Like what? Electrification is a buzzword. You hear a lot about that these days. California is making some interesting policy decisions that'll make our lives uh, unique, starting in 2035. One of the things about that, though, that is challenging for us is our business is not just selling cars. It's also servicing them, selling the parts needed to maintain them, fixing them when they break, body repair-wise, and things like that. Electrification touches every single part of that. Right. An electric vehicle actually has 40% fewer components than a regular gas uh, engine vehicle does. Right. Doesn't have a transmission, doesn't have a traditional motor. Right. Those are the sorts of repairs that help keep our shop full, frankly. They don't need oil changes. We uh, have 25 dedicated service bays in both of our stores to maintenance for oil changes. All that'll change as more and more of the fleet on the ground uh, becomes electrified. We've got a, uh, a massive uh, parts wholesale business, a million dollars a month in wholesale parts. They're all internal combustion engine components. Right. Unless we're really willing to look at our business differently, we're just going to find it get smaller. That's not our long-term plan. We've, as a team, sat down and tried to really figure out the best way to cross through these different thresholds, and we've come up with basically a business plan that boils down to four words. Right. We've got to find ways to grow our business everywhere it makes sense, and there are a lot of ways we can grow further uh, beyond what we've done already. Right. The second plank to that, if you will, is diversification. We've got to find ways to take what we're good at and do it in different ways to bring in new sources of revenue. Sure. The third plank of that is culture. And we really firmly believe that uh, we need to have the best place to work in Bakersfield. Right. Our culture is a key piece of, of who we are, why we do business. It's impossible for our uh, team members to try to make any of our clients happy or satisfied in the work we're doing unless they like the work they're doing themselves. Sure. And The last part is team. Um, I, When I was in college, I had the chance for a year or two to be on the crew team. I was in a rowing boat. Okay. What was awesome about that was you, you get a working knowledge of how if you get eight people all pulling the exact same weight at the exact same time, how powerful that is. Right. We're trying to apply that same approach to our business. We will only be successful if we get out of our silos and we find a way to really take all of our talents and apply them with the same team. Eight people in a boat are all different sizes. They all have different talents, but together they can be really successful. So that's our business plan for trying to kind of come out of where we started and get to where we're going, is grow, diversify, culture team.
1: If you had the opportunity to do something over again. Yeah. What would you have done?
0: (laughs) I never would have bought the car wash we have at our automobile location.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. It was uh,
0: was a fabulous education. one th- most, most car dealerships that are larger have at least one car wash. Right. These are fabulously expensive pieces mm. of machinery and- You don't uh, just
1: have some guy going around the garden? Uh, no, friends. I mean we have that too, but uh,
0: <laughs> yeah, they, we have these mechanics. We have two. We have one at each location. They're about $100,000 each. Mm. And uh, I, when I was early in my career, I was just enamored of the fact that I was going to you know, make a great buy on a car wash and uh, I I got so buried in this thing. Um, We uh, didn't end up getting good advice on where to put it. The site had to be reworked. We had to bring in new electrical. It ended up costing about twice as much as it should have. Uh, It's Fabulous Car Wash, but the other thing in our business is um, uh, just because uh, it's a business that has a lot of repetition, things need to be simple. That's the Mm. way you can really make sure that processes are followed correctly and, and the experience is right. This Car Wash, <laughs> it's like operating a nuclear reactor. There's <laughs> buttons and knobs, and it's far too complicated for the simple car business. So, uh, is mean, an answer, no, it's still there, and if we we do our best to, you know, make sure we're gonna we're gonna depreciate that thing and get our full money's worth <laughs> out of it. But that's uh, that's a very honest answer on what I would do. I know it's a small thing. Uh, you know, bigger thing wise, uh, we, you know, we try to make good strategic decisions. Um, we make a lot of mistakes. Uh, you know sometimes we sometimes there are people mistakes we either take a chance and wait too long or we you know we, we know something's the right decision but we don't do it because it's hard right. um, but uh, generally, I mean we and the other thing is we, we and this is just me too as we make strategic changes or decisions we try to to get the best advice we can so it's not just me making the call right if someone was to ask about my leadership style I'd say it's really collaborative I I mentioned earlier in the interview uh, being on a crew team. There's eight guys on the team. Well, the the senior leadership team at Jim Burke Ford is seven people. Mm. It's myself and there's seven other vice presidents. And we, we really work hard to do things as a team. Every single one of those people has a really important point of view. And unless we listen and digest and understand and debate and fight, we'll never get to a point that we can win. And I learned some of that actually, not just from the crew experience, but from reading a lot of books by Pat Lencioni. Hmm. I don't know if you're a Lencioni fan or some of your readers are. Uh, Pat's actually from Bakersfield and he happened to go through our high school program, the four dimension, when he was in high school here. Nice. He wrote a book called The Five Dysfunctions of a Team. Right. That was a, a book we really leaned into hard about 10 years ago to reshape our culture. We're not perfect at it, but we really work at it every day.
1: And that brings us to our next Vision Your Question, which is brought to you by Mike Sable, a Zill Premier Agent with Watson Realty, born, raised, and never left Bakersfield. Give Mike Sable a call, 661-203-8406 or reach him at MikeSable1 at iCloud.com today. This Vision Your Question comes from Madeline who asks, 2023 was up, down, and all over the place economically. How do you set projections when the economic markers keep moving all the time?
0: (laughs) Madeline, I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) No, you're right. Uh, 2023 was all over the board. Frankly, our business has been all over the board since about the middle of 2020. Right. Up, down, sideways, sideways. This may come as a surprise to either you, Madeline, or some of the other listeners, but we don't forecast any further out than 30 days. Really? And part of that is because our business is so cyclical. it it really becomes somewhat of a meaningless exercise, you know, the further out you go. So our our leadership team knows that uh, at the beginning of the month, uh, they put together a forecast, goes to our CFO, goes to myself, we publish it, we measure ourselves against it, but we don't go out any further than that. Really? Now, we have plans and goals and objectives for the year, but if we really look at hard numbers, that's about as far out as we feel comfortable looking and i, I th- our business is somewhat unique it's very low margin it's like running a grocery store really uh it requires a lot of inventory and things must be turned right and just like a grocery store if things age they have to be thrown out right we have a closing statement i get every night i know exactly where we are every day there literally is a daily cadence to making sure we're on track but part of the upside of that is we can spot immediately when there's problems right we're not selling as much as we should in a certain area or the grosses we're making on certain things aren't where they're supposed to be or certain expenses are out of whack we see it daily and it really helps us keep a good handle on it
1: one of the challenges that a lot of franchise owners have and jim burke ford is a franchise that's a, right a ford yeah. motor company, is that the the parent company will make shifts and changes sure. and and sometimes you were just talking about you forecast no more than 30 days out when Ford Motor Company parent comes out and tells you privately before it's made public that okay, we're splitting the company in two.
0: Sometimes they don't. That was a good example. Of that. Really? <laughs> yeah. Really?
1: They didn't tell you? No, no. Okay. That
0: came as a surprise.
1: How do you deal with yeah. that?
0: Yeah. Well, it's a great question, and you're right. Our business is somewhat unique. We're an independent business, and right. we represent Ford Motor Company, but it's right. a franchise. Unlike anyone who's in a franchise business, you're you're tied at the hip. Right. to an entity that you can't always control I Friends with the local Budweiser distributor in town, right. you know, they've been through a whole whirlwind of challenges because of what you know happened with the Bud Light situation last sure. year. Sometimes they make good decisions, sometimes they make bad decisions. Right. On the whole with Ford, we've been very fortunate. It's been a great brand to be with. Frequently, they'll come out like they did with splitting the company to and make calls that, you know, we don't know if they would necessarily work for us. A great example with Ford was actually five years ago when they decided to exit the passenger car business, right? Uh, you know that's 30% or was of, of of not only industry but of our revenue every month. Right. Over time, it just went away.
1: How do you deal with that?
0: Well, you need to, two things, I think. <laughs> Number one is you have to have a resilient mindset and know that a you have a lot of eggs in a basket, and right. so you've got to have some some ways to diversify so you're not totally connected to it. Within our space. It's the different uh, divisions of the store. It, you know, we have a new department and a used department and parts and service and body shop. And taken together, they help us kind of smooth out some of the rough edges. I think the other piece of it is, and we talk about this internally all the time, you have to understand that uh, you may not always like the challenges you're given, but we chose to play this particular game of baseball. Right. And these are the challenges that we have, and these are the rules, and we gotta find a way to take the lemons we've got and turn them into lemonade, right? Maybe we're out of the passenger car business, but that's an opening to lean more into performance vehicles or Mm. get into accessories on Broncos and trucks and things like that. Unfortunately, I would love it if Ford got back in that business again, especially in California, but they're not going to. You know, that resilient mindset and the ability to look for opportunities that may not be obvious at first brush, I think is really key to being successful.
1: What do you say when somebody from SC says, so go SC,
0: beat Notre Dame. I asked them to go right out the front door. And <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I, I was a Notre Dame guy, uh, class of 01, but my mom went to USC. So Oh, there's a little oh, bit of a, house. Yeah, a divided house. That's exactly right. But uh, both great schools, and uh, we just happen to have a better football team.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, now this is a question that I know just about anybody who's a gearhead mm-hmm. wants to know is, what does it take financially to own a Ford dealership?
0: <laughs> well, you know what's uh, what's kind of interesting is I know every franchise model is a little different. Right. Technically, uh, there's no franchise fee to uh, to obtain a Ford dealership. You know, okay. a lot of times you want to open a whatever. You know, there's a half million dollars you got to pay to right. the Ford. Doesn't work like that. But um, so Ford dealerships, you know, they'll come up for sale, but uh, you're not paying Ford. You're typically Paying to buy them from someone else, they will occasionally, um, uh, they call it open a new point. Mm. Uh, and what they're really looking for is, is a representative, a dealer, you know, an owner who has the financial means to to make sure the business can run successfully and can represent them well in the community.
1: And when you say that, is it to be able to afford the infrastructure for not just the land and the building and the the lot, but also all the other back-end kinds of things?
0: Yeah, dealerships are uh, fabulous at consuming capital. (laughs) They're just, they're very expensive to run and operate and uh, it, it takes a healthy balance sheet to make sure you can be successful. You know, you're typically taking a line of credit for all of the vehicles that are on the lot. You know, in an average week, you're uh, buying trades from people before you're getting refunded from the bank for the vehicles you're selling and you're it cash flow is extremely important so uh, they're looking for people who uh, you know have the means to be able to to run and operate the dealership successfully and it's a real challenge
1: so just because you don't have a a buy-in franchise fee with Ford you're still not going to be able to buy a dealership for a million bucks Uh,
0: you know (laughs) I'm not a broker so I can't speak to that But uh, you know it's uh, it's, it's a big thing to be able to, right. uh, to own an auto dealership, uh, just because of the, uh, oftentimes the scale involved. Right. Uh, I know that you know my grandfather uh, got into the business uh, really from nothing, uh, and he was able to partner with the Haberfelds for years, uh, and it was a big thing when he finally became a Ford dealer. He was proud of that till the day he died. And I think that that's fu- really fundamental to what makes this special and unique as a country. That's why millions of people still try to come into this country every single day they want the opportunity to make things better, you know, to, uh, and America isn't a perfect country by any stretch. But uh, if, you, if you look around uh, at our own family here in Kern County, um, we came here looking for opportunity. I think today, if you're looking for opportunity, you'd probably go to Florida or Texas, but we came to California hundred and something years ago. Right. And, um, and we set down roots here and tried to make it a better place. And one of the things that uh, my grandfather taught me and taught many of us in this community is the importance of education. He got a chance to be successful and he owed everything he had to the chance that Haberfelds gave him because he had a college education, mm-hmm. something his parents helped give him. Right. And uh, he worked tirelessly for many, many years to try to improve education here in Kern County. Um, and I think that's really special, it's important.
1: Joe, this has been a real privilege. Thank you for joining us here on Small Business Celebration. It's great, thank you, Michael. And if visioniers want to get in touch with you, they
0: do that? If you go on our website, you've got all my contact information, uh, www.jenbergford.com. There's a section that says contact us, and uh, you can get my email address and my cell phone number there.
1: And if you like Small Business Celebration, go ahead and like, subscribe, notify, and leave a comment. Say something nice about the show, and I'll be right back with my final thought. It probably comes as no surprise to you, visionaries, that most of my guests who appear on Small Business Celebration have never been interviewed before in their lives. And often when I speak to prospective guests, I get the, well, Michael, I don't know if I've got anything interesting to say or any interesting stories to tell. And then I talk to the hardware store and he tells me about how he invested in a popcorn machine to help drive traffic into his store. And he tells me about the customers who would secretly pull up to a store and the kids would jump out of the car and steal the free popcorn and take it back in the car with them and they would drive off. Only to have a week or so later that same customer come in through the front door and buy a couple of gallons of paint and a couple of paint brushes. And this was the breakthrough that helped grow his business. So if you've got a story, you've got an industry, you've got something about your business that's interesting, let us know. Reach out to us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram, and let us know how your popcorn machine has helped lead your business to its next big breakthrough. The month of Janice. In ancient Roman mythology, there's a god by the name of Janus. And Janus is often depicted as having two faces on his head, one looking forward and the other looking backward. Why? Because Janus was the god of transitions, the beginning of one thing to the end of another, or the other version of the end of one year to the beginning of the next. Where we get the word January. Which is only fitting because here at Small Business Celebration, we've finished Season 5. We're now transitioning to Season 6. Like many business owners, we're looking at what has worked well in the past, the last five seasons, and what can we do to inspire and develop and grow in Season 6. Kind of fitting for the month of Janice. I hope you enjoyed our conversation this week with Joe Hay, the president of Jim Burke Ford. And I hope you learned something that you can use today to grow a strong and profitable business. And we'll see you here next week when we celebrate another small business making a big breakthrough. Thank you for listening to the Small Business Celebration podcast. Some of today's music was brought to you by Ted Hammond, and you might find more of Ted's music at ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. That's ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. If you enjoyed this episode and gained some insight from it for your business, subscribe to the Small Business Celebration podcast at iTunes.com forward slash Small Business Celebration and give us a five-star review. Also, if there's a business you'd like us to interview, reach out to us on LinkedIn and Facebook and let us know. Until next time, I'm your host, Michael Roberts of the Small Business Celebration Podcast, and we wish you a strong and profitable business.